The ghost shows you the direction to go through a series of Polaroid photographs. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, I vaguely remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Take that. <laughs> like, oh, how do we get there? Let's take photo like Polaroids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last photo you take reads the message, stop. So you stop. You wait, but don't see anyone. You look up and see a great big cloud overhead. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No. It's just a cloud in the shape of a giant city. Is it going to be rain? <laughs> Wait, that's odd you say to yourself. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> just then, a loud hum reverberates through the air, and you watch as the cloud descends to Earth. It's like all our mysteries are coming together. Must be time for another episode of High Mystery. Only explanation. <laughs> if you remember that episode, probably a Patreon one. Hey. We smoke weed and we talk about mysteries. Um, I'm Robert. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. And today we're going to be doing that. Uh, today I brought in a baby Jeter. It's apple fritter. It's a hybrid. And it has 20, or no, no, a total THC of 40.21%. It's like, I was, <laughs> I was gonna be like, oh man, that's really tasty only because I know them to be tasty and it sounds tasty, but honestly, last time we smoked it, I got so high, I don't remember if it was tasty. <laughs> no, they're tasty. The apple fritter is particularly yeah, they're, good. It does they're always like tasty. Apple. And uh, yeah, for our Patreon, I do have a Blue Skittles, which is very tasty. As well. With the Z. Uh, I've got some more of that Union Electric that I like so much in a high hemp Dutch cream wrap. Uh, the strain, it's a hybrid. It's called GMO, which I think is a terrible name for your strain. I agree. Uh, and it's at 29.34% THC, which maybe kind of justifies the strain name a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, this ain't natural. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I have a blunt that's cut up into two mm-hmm. and it was a twisted hemp wrap hit a bit, hit it a little, still is it's got a little pair of twins over there yeah uh almost almost identical one came out a little longer they're fraternal twins yeah mm-hmm. uh and then <laughs> for later i don't know when well you know i rolled a little joint because i had some left over uh so that i guess is like the if we're calling, you know, if those were the twins, fraternal twins, this one is like maybe from a, a different baby daddy. I don't know. <laughs> That's possible. <laughs> that can happen. But they all have the same stuff in it, which is Bruce Leroy. What? Whoa. Yeah. Bruce Leroy. Yeah. I wish it was Bruce Leroy Jenkins. Solid. <laughs> Solid. It could be that, that hey. reference. I don't know. But it's got the THC of 287 Uh point no cb cbd yeah and then there was some of this sunset sherbet in there and i had a picture of said mm-hmm. thc contents and whatnot but apparently when you move your hand and take a picture at the same time it doesn't uh <laughs> bode well for clarity so sure, sure. you just learned that 
<laughs> As a professional uh, movie maker, cinematographer, photographer. How sober general. were you during this picture taking? Um, I think I just assumed it worked out. I didn't actually check. Uh, I'm going to light this one right at this moment in time, which is now. Because he is lighting that blunt, he is lighting that blunt, he is lighting that blunt. As the flame crescents the blunt. Something about that one felt like a holiday to me. But I guess we are technically going into holiday season. Right? Around in the corner. Yeah, I mean, there's pumpkins at the store. It was just um, Rosh Hashanah, I believe. Okay. And Yom Kippur. And here comes Halloween. Here comes Halloween. <laughs> and then obviously Thanksgiving and Christmas are right down the barrel and Hanukkah and, you know. And then winter solstice. I think Thanksgiving got canceled. Oh, yeah. Cancel oh, culture yeah. took care of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, really? Because it's really just about, like, the brutality of indigenous people. You yeah. Know? So what is it now, then? Uh, the brutality of indigenous people. Day. Yeah. <laughs> Remembrance of said horrific act. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a solemn day. Maybe we'll just continue to commemorate Friendsgiving. Yes. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Not worried about it being... <laughs> Where we watch the Thanksgiving episodes of Friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many layers. Honestly, if you're going to look for like a Thanksgiving themed show to watch, I highly recommend the episodes of Bob's Burgers. 100%. It's the only show that, like, similarly to Friends, really celebrates Thanksgiving like that. And he, he above all, loves the Thanksgiving for whatever reason. Like, Who? Bob. Bob. I oh, guess yeah. it's because it's like, you know, more focused like, on the chef. About, it's we, on the food, yeah. Are we talking about Bob or are we talking about Ross? <laughs> Bob Ross. Bob Ross. <laughs> Today I brought in a mystery for everybody to hear. Good. Uh, it I'm is called The Murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Of Martha Moxley. Um, speaking of murders, are you going to do this one on this thing that's happening right now? Uh, we'll Did, I think I saw that too. Uh, the mm-hmm. young lady, Gabby something. Pettit, I yeah. want to say. Yeah, no, I have not heard about this. It's fresh. It's hot off the presses. Oh. It's new. Um, well, this one is actually kind of, sort of new. Okay. Uh, wait. Say it again. The murder of who? Martha Moxley. She's Moxley. got Moxley. That Moxley. <laughs> Martha Moxley, born August 16, nineteen sixty was a 15-year-old high school student in Greenwich, Connecticut, when she was murdered in 1975. Dang. Oh, no. That's terrible. Let's get into what happened the night of her death. Okay. On October 30th, 1975, Martha Moxley... No way. <laughs> we'll go on. Halloween Eve? Yes, Halloween Eve. Are you kidding uh, me? She Bad left. things can't happen this time. <laughs> That's 48 hours where it can't happen. Uh, Martha Moxley left with her friends to participate in Mischief Night. The no. night before Halloween, kids around town would pull pranks like doorbell ditching and toilet paper houses. That's about the classic burning bag of shit. <laughs> I feel like that's more reserved for like terrorizing older, like really mean neighbors and not so much like your friends. Oh, the flaming bag of shit? Yeah, yeah. The flaming bag of shit is for somebody you really don't like. 
But you might TP a friend's house. Yeah. I wouldn't. That's messed up. I mean, it's all in the spirit of, you yeah. know, just It just takes a little and... bit of uh, dew, yeah. a little bit of rain to ruin, ruin yes. your life. 100%. But, I mean, toilet paper does disintegrate, right? So, at least it goes away eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> We're not promoting toilet papering houses. I mean, you know, 16-year-old kids are going to do it. Yeah, uh, one of the things that I won't say I did, but I have heard people doing is forking, where like you take a bunch of like disposable forks and you stick them in the lawn. Oh, like, wow. just like thousands. Yeah, of just them. a lawn full That's of time. forks. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you just pull them out. Yeah. yeah. One by one. Yeah. Oh, it ruins the lawn. No, or does it aerate it and make it more? <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe they're actually yeah. heroes. These yeah. Yes. <laughs> According to her friends, Moxley began flirting with and eventually kissed 17-year-old Thomas Skakel. Oh, uh, Skakel. He's a a bad boy for sure. Look at that. (laughs) I don't like the sound of this Skakel. You can tell by the size of his uh, collars how how, how bad for mischief he is. Yes, he was pioneering the 80s popped-out collar. (laughs) Good fly on those things. (laughs) Moxley was last seen falling together behind the fence with Thomas near the pool in the Skakel backyard at around 9.30 p.m. Is that like old-timey talk for getting it on? That was in quotes, the falling together. I imagine they were falling over a fence that they were trying to climb, maybe, or something. Oh, like literally falling. falling? Or maybe they were falling for each other. Together. I mean, um, those are such different definitions that it, it's. I, I thought of it as falling behind a fence. Well, this is 1975, you know? People would say things like, Are you two going together? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the lingo would have been, but. It makes sense. I mean, immediately I jumped to get it out. The next day, Moxley's body was found beneath a tree in her family's front yard by her friend Sheila McGuire. Oh, no. So, but she was in Skinkle's backyard? Skinkle's backyard by the pool. Yeah. And falling over the fence. Yes. And she ends up at the, her, her, her family's house. front yard. How do we know, like, how many blocks that is, or? Oh, we'll, we'll show you. Okay. Her parents and, or, sorry, her pants and underwear were pulled down, but she had not been sexually assaulted. Okay. Pieces of a six iron golf club were near her body. Ooh, pieces? What in the world? An autopsy indicated that she had been both bludgeoned and stabbed in the head with the club, which was traced back to the Skakel residence. Oh, oh goodness. That's the distance between the two places. It's. Just for reference, it's like less than a block apart. This yeah, is, they're basically neighbors. You could These absolutely, are big houses. Yeah, you could absolutely hit the Moxley residence with a baseball from the Skakel residence. Yeah, yeah, there's like literally, it's diagonal with one house in between. Yep. yep. It's very, very close. Let's get into the aftermath of the murder. I mean, less because it already sounds pretty incriminating. <laughs> like, yeah, tried to get, like, push his ways on her. She said no. It got out of hand. <laughs> Thomas Skakel was the last person seen with Moxley on the night of the murder. He became the prime suspect. Of 
His father forbade access to his high school and mental health records, which would have revealed a long neurological and psychiatric history that included temper outbursts and a temporal lobe disease that could cause dissociative states. Oh my gosh. Oh no. But that's such like a... I don't know, like, how do you get away with me? Like, hey, let's not pay attention to any of this. Well, like, he's a super minor, right? Is that what? Critical information. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if there's laws against it or if he. It doesn't just... seem like you could just be like, "I'm his dad. I don't think you should see this, police yeah. officers." I it mean, must, it must have to do with him being a minor. Yeah, that's the only thing. They probably like sought permission from the dad because he's not 18. Mm. That's the only thing I can figure. Or maybe well, it's like conf- patient doctor confidentiality or whatever, like yeah, they were said under like pretenses of... Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to be convicted or not, maybe not convicted, but you have to be like, they have to place you under arrest for this in order to have access to that. They can't be like, we think it's that guy. Let's uh, let's get access to those just, you know, for yeah, the fuck of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Authorities questioned. Why Thomas. are they getting this evidence for the fuck of it? Yeah. <laughs> Purely for the fuck of it. So was that Johnson again? <laughs> Always doing shit for the fuck of it. Listen, I don't need so many questions from you. I just need the evidence. <laughs> Whoa, that guy's a dick, huh? <laughs> Authorities questioned Thomas, who said that he saw Moxley walking home around 9:30 before he went home to watch some of the French Connection with 23-year-old Kenneth Littleton, the Skakels live-in tutor, before going to his room to work on a school report. Kenneth Littleton, who had started as a live-in tutor for the Skakel family only hours before the murder, also became a prime suspect. Wait, now who is this? The other live-in tutor. He's a live-in tutor. He's 23 years old. And he got hired just a few hours Ago. <laughs> Before As a, her death? Before her death, he just got hired, like, maybe a day. As a live-in tutor? As a live-in tutor. That's weird already. How many kids are in the house? Uh, you know, I know of two. <laughs> but it might be more. both of them, or just... I think he's tutoring both the Skakel brothers. I've never heard of a live-in tutor before. It gave me quite a pause. Yeah, it's the live-in tutor. Just, you know... It shows to the deepness of these people's pockets that they can wealthy? afford. Oh, okay. Greenwich, Connecticut, very wealthy. Okay, I didn't know the whole city was wealthy. <laughs> it, it is. It's like the Hamptons or okay. something like that. It's Got like you. one of those kind of places. Key West, sure. Lake Tahoe. <laughs> well, I, my friends lived in Lake Tahoe and they were not rich. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's just my perception. Yeah, maybe Connecticut. if you had a house in Lake Tahoe, yes. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> These guys were living under the bridge. So. Got, yeah, it, yeah, got yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. Hey, it's Robert! <laughs> Robert, come here! We just finished a box of wine! My friends! <laughs> he was questioned, and he had said that Thomas joined him to watch The French Connection closer to 10.30 p.m. Oh. Joining him halfway through during the famous chase scene, and that Thomas's younger brother, 15-year-old Michael, came in about a half an hour after that. I mean, 
they at least have the airtime of this French connection to see whose timelines are more accurate, right? I mean, you gotta catch the French connection. Let's be honest. Yeah, sure. It might have started. Like, what are you gonna talk about tomorrow if you don't watch the French connection? <laughs> and it's 1975. There's only three things on TV at the time. So. Yeah, and it might have been one of those because I mean. You know, it's a movie that they're putting out on television. There's probably commercial interruptions every 10 minutes. It might have started at 9 p.m., but didn't finish until 11, you know, yeah. or something like that. But um, <clears throat> Michael was also questioned. This is the 15-year-old? This is the 15-year-old. His alibi was that... Looks like he's doing blue steel in this picture. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's Magnum, sorry. Yeah, he's he's giving us a Johnny Depp, James Franco look. Uh, His alibi was that he was at his cousin's house watching Monty Python during the time the murder was being committed. Well, that's easy. You just ask him to run a few bits. Right? Yeah. If he can't do it... Then, you know, yeah. what is your favorite color? Yeah. If he doesn't know that, then the alibi's trash, kid. Count to three for me. <laughs> One, two, five, sir! <laughs> three! Investigators believe that Moxley died between 9.30 and 10 p.m. that night. However, the cousin in question never confirmed this leading Michael to change his alibi multiple times over the years of the investigation. Uh, now, what about uh, the younger brother? Does he also have frontal lobe dysplasia or whatever? Uh, no, none of that uh, information is uh, fully on here. Okay. <laughs> um, he eventually claimed to have been window peeping and masturbating yeah. in a tree Beside the Moxley property. I feel like that he's like, this is a full like alibi. Like no one is gonna <laughs> no one's gonna question whether or not this is true. Because they're gonna be like, why would anyone say such an embarrassing, horrible story about themselves? It has to be true. Oh god. He was Yeah, on- I was just jerking off peeping at the neighbor while I was rotofixiating myself. Yeah, essentially, yeah, this is alibi. He was on the Moxley property from eleven thirty to twelve thirty that night. Peeping and masturbating. Who was he peeping and masturbating on? Uh, his brother and this girl. Probably. Out? Probably either or that or Moxley's mother. <laughs> because uh. I don't know of many. You can't be peeping at anyone other than a Moxley on the Moxley property, I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, not a good alibi. Uh, because of Skakel's. He's like, like <laughs> alibi that changes never a good alibi. I got yeah. this crusty sock. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> <jerking> off. <laughs> because of the Skakel's deep pockets, no one was charged and the case soon grew cold. No way. That just was it? No. Just weeks after the murder, Tudor Kenneth Littleton saw a dead chipmunk on the grounds of Bellhaven Country Club. The chipmunk had been mashed with a golf club and crucified, nailed to a patch of grass with golf tees. Dang, I was really thinking about <laughs> golf. Yeah. Right. Who was hit with, like, who was, who had some trauma around golf? Yeah, <laughs> for real. Littleton confronted Michael, already a budding alcoholic with a mean streak, saying, did you do this, Michael? Michael's response was, who else could have done it, Kenny? Uh, who? <laughs> He's like, look, it's whom. 
This is why they so hired the the tutor confronts the younger son. Yeah, he's uh, he saw this dead chipmunk with golf tees mashed up on the golf course. Said, "Michael, did you do this?" And Michael was like, "Who else could have done it, Kenny?" Oh. Because of the Skakel influence in the area, police were scared to put any pressure on the family and waited six months after the murder to procure a warrant, having never searched the Skakel home. So now the younger brother is the main <coughs> suspect because yes. of this uh, chipmunk? Yes. Well, yeah, and... The fact that, you know... His alibi's changed. Yeah, his alibi's changed, and, and he eventually was. ended it. And I, was, and I was peeping on the Moxley's masturbating in a tree. It's not Do a we good know one. how many people are in the Moxley household? Is there a young lady his age? I don't know. I She might have... I think she has a sister. So it might have been spying on the sister. I mean, that case. would make sense why you lie about that initially. <clears throat> yeah. I'm not saying it helps his... The no. way it looks for him or anything like that, but fifteen year old kid might do something dumb and lie about yeah, that. Very, very possible. And it doesn't necessarily <coughs> mean he murdered somebody. <laughs> right. Three years after the and murder. Also, sorry, oh, we're going off of the word of the um tutor. Off of the tutor, off yeah. of Middleton. You know, and he's suspect <coughs> too, so I will yeah. say it does. To me, it seems like whatever happened happened at a different location, and then they dropped the body off of the tree in front of the house after everything was like said and done. Maybe that's it's. This is a uh, map of essentially where blood was found, drag path, golf club head in the shaft, that kind of thing. So definitely, <laughs> she was dragged. Which then I I was gonna because originally I was gonna say like if the younger brother did it, like that's you know a hard body to move because he's so small or whatever, but if it is like a drag, then yeah. you don't necessarily need to be a big person. Well, yeah. and also, I mean, it's, this narrative starting to make sense where he's peeping. She, maybe she like... Sees would, him? Yeah, sees him or like... What are you doing? Starts <laughs> to pull her pants back on is making fun of him or something like that. He whacks her in the head with his golf club he has. Yeah. The head of the club comes off. She runs away. But is, you know, wonky and falling down and bleeding in these different spots. Yeah. And then he finally gets to her without the golf club head and stabs her and drags her in that final bit of path to where mm -hmm. he left her. Yeah. That narrative just makes sense, but... Yeah. Still doesn't mean it happened, you know. Especially hard to say whether it happened or not with police not gathering any kind of evidence. Exactly. How do you not go into that house and say, you guys have any golf clubs laying around? Maybe I can take a look and see if there's a <laughs> nine iron missing from right. one of those. Like, <laughs> no, we don't, we like, don't like nine irons here. It's bad luck. <laughs> we got rid of all our nine irons. I'm a father and I forbid this <laughs> search. <laughs> How, how much influence do these skateboards have? Do we know what the dad does? They run in this town is what it sounds like. Right? Uh, we'll get into that. Um, Those skateboards, they own the bone marrow processing plant. <laughs> <laughs> High as half the town. I'm like, what could it possibly be? He's got to be a judge or something big. Three years after the murder, Michael Skakel was charged with drunk driving. 
the Skakel family worked out a deal with the police that Michael attend the Elan School, a treatment center for troubled youths, in order to avoid prosecution. But he's 23. Uh, no, he's 18. Oh, sorry. Three years after the murder, yeah. So you've been 17, 18 about that time. Oh, okay. <clears throat> it's an offer I'm sure everyone charged with drunk driving gets. Even uh, when they're adult age? That's why it's not, that's why it's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. guess youth is still... And it's a small town, you know, so it's like... Well, the father stepped in and he was like, hey, can we can we work out this thing where, you know, he uh, just... Goes, I make a donation to uh, the, you know... Listen, you want to see bone and... marrow on your plates at Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep up the bone marrow plan yeah. as much as I can. <laughs> Uh, Big bone marrow runs this town. <laughs> You're going to change your narrative pretty soon. Oh, boy. Two <laughs> former students of Elan School uh, testified that they heard Michael confess to killing Moxley oh, with a golf club. What? One of the former students, Gregory Coleman, testified that Michael was given special privileges and had bragged, I'm going to get away with murder... I'm a Kennedy. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, I forgot better. to mention, Michael Skakel was Ethel Kennedy, Robert Kennedy's wife. Oh, uh, we're in a nephew. Kennedy home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he is a Kennedy. This <laughs> K-hole we're in. Oh, my goodness. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. I was... The Kennedy president, such a cool person amongst all these fuckhead Kennedys. <laughs> <laughs> he was I mean, the black sheep of a bunch of fuckheads. <laughs> I guess good to be that black sheep then, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward 16 years later, in 1991, when William Kennedy Smith was tried and acquitted for rape a rumor surfaced that he had been present at the Skakel house on the night of the Moxley's death with the clear insinuation that he might have been involved. Although he was not present at the house... So this is their cousin? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't present at the house, but he was running around the neighborhood with these kids? Um, no, I, he wasn't... I don't even know if he was in the town. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yeah. So what's his association other than just being their cousin? The, it's just, yeah, it was just because he would be there from time to time. He ran in the same circle. Okay. So he was convicted of rape, or no, he was acquitted of rape. He very much raped a person. But, right. you know, <laughs> he was acquitted of it, and rumors surfaced that he might have been involved in this Moxley case. Okay. From, just simply because he developed this bad reputation. Oh, uh, yeah, being a rapist. And a Kennedy. And a known associate of these people, Moxley's and Skakel's. But he was not at the house. And though he was not at the house, the rumor rene renewed interest in the, the cold case. case. Nice. I see. So they were like, well, this guy's bad. Right. Hey, isn't this other guy bad? <laughs> we should talk about those bad guys. <laughs> a subsequent investigation was conducted. The Sutton report revealed that both Thomas and Michael altered their stories about their activities the night of the murder. Oh my goodness. 
Just another Kennedy switcher. <laughs> uh, despite the overwhelming evidence against Michael Skakel, police decided to focus their investigation on Littleton, who was fired soon after accepting his tutoring position due to poor grades from the Skakels. <laughs> what? <laughs> We've had several living tutors, and you're the worst one. He had difficulty finding work due to his connections to the Moxley murder. Now an alcoholic, in and out of psychiatric hospital, and a suicide survivor, he was trying to get his life back together when police set up a sting in his in a motel room with Mary Baker, Littleton's ex-wife, who oh. wore a wire and tried to get Littleton to confess to the crime, which he did not. Oh. And this is... The youngest brother. This is the living the tutor. tutor. Oh, this is a... A 23-year-old. Yeah, his ex-wife's putting a sting on him. Yeah, like, I'll cooperate with you, police. It was like this giant microphone, because it's yeah, like right. old times. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> well, that's a lovely brooch you're wearing. Yeah. It's like half a cornucopia. <laughs> there's like fruits filling out of it. <laughs> I mean, it is... This is 1991 now, so it would have been a little smaller, but it is still a noticeable thing. Yeah. Like, I yeah. feel like... You, do you still have to wear, like, the packs or something? I honestly don't know where the technology is now. <laughs> My assumption would be that the microphones are insanely small. Okay. Yeah, to the point where it, like you could probably weave it into the clothing now. Uh-huh. Nowadays. Yeah, Nowadays. absolutely. Littleton wanted to cooperate with the police and agreed to be questioned by the police without a lawyer present, which was a mistake, <laughs> as he was subjected to four days of intense interrogation. Dang. But he came through the other side, obviously. <laughs> we don't have our murderer, so. Yeah, including two failed lie detector tests. He failed? No, I think they, they failed, failed to, to show yeah. anything. Got yeah. it. At one time, prompting the lead investigator to scream, You murdered Martha Moxley. <laughs> you oh, murdered wow. Martha Moxley. Just. Admit it, damn it! Right? <laughs> but ultimately, Littleton had no motive and never even met Martha Moxley. Okay. Several years later, and 23 years after Martha Moxley's murder, in June 1998, a rarely invoked one-man grand jury was convened to review the evidence of the case. One-man grand jury? One-man grand jury. <laughs> oh, give it to Steve. He yeah, yeah. The to Steve. <laughs> you guys send that over to Steve? Oh, that's going to be a good one, then. <laughs> Steve only takes one case a decade. <laughs> After an 18-month investigation, it decided there was... I mean, that's one guy working on it for 18 months of his life. Yes. Sorry, I just didn't want to breeze past that. <laughs> this one dude spent 18 months. Yeah. Wow. Combing over the details. Absolutely. It, it was decided... You know, his fucking room is just chaos. All the pictures <laughs> up on the thing. Like all the red lines going Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. His wife left him. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, he can't get a date to save his life. He wouldn't want to. <laughs> his greatest investment now is pegboard. <laughs> uh, it was decided there was enough evidence to charge Michael Skakel with murder. And on January 9th, 2000, an arrest warrant was issued to Michael. 
On March 14th, Skakel was arraigned for murder in a juvenile court since he was 15 years old at the time of Moxley's murder. Wait, um, what? So he's old as fuck being tried for... for yeah, because he committed this as okay. a minor. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It is kind of strange right. to think of like a 20 or a 40-year-old, whatever age he was at the time, sure. going into a juvenile court. Like, right. what are they going to send him? Like, two years in juvie. Walking <laughs> <laughs> around like all these little yeah. kids. Like. Slap on the wrist. <laughs> on January 31st, 2001, a judge ruled that Skakel would be tried as an adult. There we go. That makes sense. The trial began on May 7th, 2002 in Norwalk, Connecticut. He was represented by Michael Sherman. Skakel's alibi was that at the time of the murder, he was at his cousin's house. During the trial, the jury heard part of a taped book proposal, which included Skakel speaking about masturbating in a tree on the night of the murder, <laughs> possibly the same tree under which Moxley's body was found the next morning. On January 7th, 2002, 27 years after Moxley's murder, wow. I graduated high school, <laughs> and Skakel was found guilty of murdering Martha Moxley. When was this? Okay. June 7th, 2002. Dang. So then, close and shut, no mystery. He Get was the story, <laughs> that's it. Wrap it up. What a ride. Listen, he guys, was... <laughs> it was fun doing our podcast today, but uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. There's uh, really no mystery to yeah, it. Yeah, everything's tied up neatly with a bow. We found out who the murderer was. You know, every, over, done. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Rob, for this one. Uh, next was... time, bring a mystery, please. <laughs> he was sentenced to 20 years to life in prison. Wow. But we okay. totally forgot that Skakel is a rich white guy. Oh, how we forget that? He looks so rich and white. I never forgot. I never forgot. You can tell he's got that Kennedy panache. In 2013, 11 years after being found guilty and sent to prison for murder, Skakel was granted a new trial because Judge Thomas Bishop ruled that Skakel's representation, Michael Sherman, whom was paid $1.2 million to defend Skakel, failed to adequately represent his client. Dang. Wow. Spent a lot of money to not adequately right? represent him. Well, I mean, that's not the case. They're, <laughs> they're paying off this new judge to like just be like, hey, look, that guy didn't do a good job because obviously... <laughs> Oh, wait. Facts were revealed, so... I get it now. He's paying $1.2 million now to have somebody challenge the previous judge's ruling, right? No, no that's no. how much he paid. He paid, yeah, he, he paid the lawyer $1.2 million. So obviously he's a good lawyer because... Right? He's, he's got to be a great lawyer. fucking lawyer. He's got to be one of the best. Right? <laughs> but even okay. with $1.2 million, he was like, I couldn't be bothered to just do a halfway decent job. Yeah, <laughs> too much, really yeah. too much paper. <laughs> you really need to pay the $2 million service. That's when I really get off my ass. Give me a retainer. <laughs> um, Skakel was released on a $1.2 million bond. So how, so how many, did he go into prison at all? Yeah, he did okay. 11 years in 11 prison. Years, okay. And then it was found out that his lawyer was no good. And so they were like, all right, we're going to have to give you a new trial. Right. 
And because, you know, he's now no longer guilty of murder, he's now just waiting to be tried, he can be released on bond. And he uh, had to pay $1.2 million to be released on bond. Interesting loophole. Right? So, in 2016, the Connecticut Supreme Court reinstated Skakel's murder conviction, writing that the conviction was the result of overwhelming evidence (laughs) presented by prosecutors and that his legal representation had been adequate. Okay. At least he got out for a stand. (laughs) In January 2018, prosecutors asked the Connecticut Supreme Court to revoke Skakel's bail and to return him to prison to finish out his sentence. Keep in mind that Skakel has been out on bond since 2013, even though the Connecticut Supreme Court ruled that he was still very much guilty of murder. (laughs) 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 But again, we forgot just how unbelievably rich and white this man is. Is that the mystery? No like, forgetting. how much can you get away with if you're rich and white? No one's forgetting how rich and white this guy is. So rich and white that the Connecticut <laughs> Supreme Court vacated Skakel's conviction and ordered for a new trial. Oh my gosh. They should just be like, no, fuck off. I know, seriously. No, no, no more new trials for you. You're done. You've hit your new trial limit, sir. And two years later, on October 30th, 2020, exactly 45 years to the day after Moxley's murder, Richard Colangelo informed the Superior Court that Skakel would not be retried, and they all lived happily ever after. What? Wait, what? So he is in jail? No, he's no. Uh, he was out on bond, and then they said, hey, you guys need to give him a new trial, and... Um, they were like, yeah, I guess we'll get around to doing that. And then I guess COVID hit or something. And uh, they said, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that trial. Oh. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's pretty much like. So how many years did he spend in prison? 11. Wow. And he got out in 2013. So it's been eight years he's been out. So basically the mystery here is like, why has the justice system failed? So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean there nobody is convicted of murder, right? No, they they said that his representation was inadequate, so No, they didn't though. He tried to claim and they rebuked it, right? The first time. Yeah. And then he just refiled another claim and they were like, you know what, we're not gonna bother with this one. I, I essentially I guess, yeah. That's pretty much I wonder what, what the actual legal definition is yeah. there. Like whether his trial was dismissed out of court or, or it's just like, yeah. Pending. But yeah. a, a, an, ins, an incredibly new mystery, I guess, in the sense that the most recent information was just not even a whole year ago. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he killed her, and we <laughs> decided that's okay. Well, where is Follow the rich and white enough. Follow the trail of chipmunks. You know, yeah. yeah. It is possible that... Uh, Don't meet him on a golf course. <laughs> Seriously. It was possible that Tommy, Thomas Gakel, his brother, could have helped him or did it or whatever the case. Or maybe even the tutor. Who knows? Huh. I mean, or I just some random passerby. But overwhelming evidence. Yeah. They sure. did link that, that golf club, the murder weapon, to the Skakel residence. Okay. So they know that that golf club belongs to the scales. Yeah. 
So you, it couldn't have been just some wandering passerby because they would have had to break into their house, take the golf club, and then commit. But I guess Man. it's all possible. What does the Moxley family say? Oh, I mean, they very much think that uh, this... Um, How they not Tommy, but Michael to Stable. be like, no, no retries. Like, yeah. the evidence says he did it. Fuck him. I mean, he's a Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> not by name. Only by uh, association. <laughs> yeah, nephew of a Kennedy, I guess. How many more Kennedy mysteries you got? He said he had enough to like for life. <laughs> no. This is truly, honestly, the last uh, mystery that I I'll be I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe him either. I, I mean, like there, the there is... The next mystery he does, we're going to come to the end, he's going to be like, and he's the great-grand-nephew. <laughs> Twice removed by marriage of no. a Kennedy. Or the judge you saw over this debauchery he was. <laughs> Roger's gonna start like doing six degrees of Kennedy instead uh, of bacon. He's gonna yeah. be like, see, it's basically a Kennedy. <laughs> I mean I all points back to Kennedy. I, I think only two episodes this season have not been about Kennedy that I've done. Wow. But um there is one one more. But it's it's kind of like not even it's it's the end. Here he goes. No, he's got one. There's more. just you one like more. Are you like a relative of the Kennedy? Is that just, what you're trying to tell us? I mean, he just said a movie ago he was done, and now there's one. There, there more. is one more. This guy. Yeah, yeah but that it, it's not. It's never gonna stop. He's a secret Kennedy. It's all yeah, gonna be Kennedy. We're gonna find out that you and I are Kennedys. <laughs> oh man, that would be true. The people listening are gonna realize they're Kennedys. <laughs> I was just, right? you know, we I went all <laughs> I wanted to do the Kennedy assassination and it just became a deep dive and then I just started, you know, going down different rabbit holes and the spider web just kind of grew. But this honestly, one more mystery. Maybe done. two or three. Yeah. <laughs> done. All right. <laughs> what do we got on our Patreon? Uh it's a little I don't want to give away too much because you know. We want, okay. We want to go to the Patreon. But <laughs> <Bye>. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll say that it harkens back to our uh, Watcher mystery, which oh. may or may not be a Patreon. I don't know. I, okay. I remember doing the Watcher, so I don't remember if it was Patreon. The Watcher? The Watchers. Yeah. Or the Watcher. The watcher yeah, yeah. Where there were like letters written in. Yeah. Like, I am watching you. Uh, I, I, I'm the caretaker of this house. Got it. Yeah. We do rituals here. You should remember <laughs> our part of our rituals. Because there were also like the Watchers here in California, remember? Oh, the the, uh, the cryptid. Yeah, they were like giant. They were like on the edge. Watching. They were on the edge of the skyline, like yeah. on the mountains. You'd see like black figures or something or whatever, like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. All right. Got it though. Yeah, I got you. I'm with you now. <laughs> the cloud is hovering in front of you. So close you can see cloud buildings and cars, but no people. I wonder if you fell or ran into something in Cloud City, if it would just be chill, like you would just, just bump it. <laughs> and jump off the skyscrapers and it just goes doom. Yeah. <laughs> you are able to touch the cloud and it is hard, hard oh. enough to walk on. Or learn. I mean, hard enough to walk on. Yeah. It still could be like... It's like squishes. trampolines, basically. <laughs> it's like a trampoline park. It's really fun and quickly exhausting. <laughs> or a blowhouse. Yeah. yeah. Or a blowhouse, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you, a blowhouse. Blow house. House. <laughs> you pay $25 for a service in a blowhouse. <laughs> you and your friends step onto the cloud and travel through Cloud City, 
but not the one from Star Wars because we don't have rights. No. Oh. You are tri- you're tired from walking, so you decide to hotwire a cloud car and oh. drive it around. We have that ability. I know. We know how to hotwire cloud cars. I mean, It's yes. pretty intuitive. The wires are right there. Yes, you, the audience, you do. <laughs> Everything's labeled. You label things very well. You are driving around when suddenly you lose traction and are about to run into a cloud building. But when you speed into the building, nothing happens because it's a cloud, dummy. Ah, You drive right through it because of basic cloud physics. Basic cloud physics. That's all for this episode (laughs) of High Mystery. The end. Mic drop. Yeah. But not because mics are expensive. For High Mystery, I'm Robert. (laughs) I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash highmystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at High Mystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.